It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, no! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White, how about him? Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for Jets Inside the Numbers, so we welcome back our stat specialist over at playlikeajet.com, Haley English. Haley, what a week this was for the Jets against their old friends, Geno Smith and Pete Carroll, who certainly got a measure of revenge because now the Jets' season is over and the Seahawks have an opportunity to get in the playoffs if they win their game against the Rams. Yeah, horrible game, very disappointing, but uh, hopefully looking forward to a better next season. Yes, and we will talk about what's going to potentially happen going forward. But first, let's get into the notes that you have after the Jets and the Seahawks game. Quarterback, no other way to say it. Mike White was just absolutely terrible. There were a couple of instances where you just had no idea what he was even trying to do. That throw downfield that got intercepted in a double coverage to Denzel Mims. One thing that Mike White has done is, usually when it's interceptions, it's something where he tried to fit a ball into a tight window, and he got a little too brave for his own good. That was just straight up, let me chuck the ball up in the air and hope for the best. Not what he's typically known for. And as far as that particular play, there were some people that said it was defensive pass interference. And as I said, I don't care if Denzel Mims was being held by six guys while somebody hit him in the head with a chair. It was a terrible pass. Mike White never should have thrown it. And most of his day was like that. 23 of 46, 50% completion. Seemed like he played worse than that, to be honest. 240 yards and two really bad interceptions. Yeah, when I had looked back at the stats, I was like, oh, 23 of 46, like 240 yards. Like, it's not absolutely horrible yeah it's a 50 percent completion rate which is like where zach wilson is like and he channeled his inner zach wilson when he threw that ball into double coverage to the sixth best wide receiver on the team but yeah it's mike white didn't play good he didn't look like his old self i don't know if if it was an effect of the injury but he really did not look like uh how he played uh earlier this season Taking a look at the running backs, Ty Johnson actually played pretty well. And it's weird because even though everybody was down on Ty Johnson, myself included after last year when he was ineffective, especially with the ball bouncing off his hands repeatedly, this year when he was given opportunities, he actually did okay. I wonder if there's going to be more of a role for him going forward next season. Eight carries, 46 yards. Zonovan Bam Knight, the bloom has really come off the rose with him. Eight carries, 27 yards, and they didn't even really use Michael Carter. I don't know what's happening with him. A bad year for Michael Carter, but also the coaching staff just clearly has lost a lot of faith in him. Yeah, definitely. I don't know why he only had one rush. Like Ty Johnson got the start, and I was I was kind of surprised to see that. I know Zonovan Knight has been struggling in the previous two games, but Ty Johnson did well. He averaged six yards a carry uh, nearly, and I liked what I saw and maybe him getting a spot on the roster moving forward. I know you didn't see James Robinson again, so I believe that draft pick will stay a sixth rounder, I believe, instead of changing to 
a fifth because he didn't he was hasn't been active in a couple of weeks and hasn't really contributed much. So the running back room I think is a little more wide open than we thought going forward, uh, especially with Ty Johnson maybe doing good. I don't know if they'll try to shot Michael Carter in the offseason, but I'm just waiting for Brees Hall to come back. <laughs> I think a lot of people are. I tweeted something over the weekend. It was Brees Hall running for that 62-yard touchdown against the Broncos where Ian Eagle exclaimed, Brees Lightning. From time to time, I like to remind myself how good Brees Hall really is so that I can lift my spirits a little bit looking forward to next season. One guy that you certainly got excited about this season was Garrett Wilson. He hit over a thousand yards for the year, but unfortunately his Jets teammates may very well have cost him the offensive rookie of the year. We'll get to that in a little bit. Not a big day for him. Three catches, 18 yards. Part of that is because of the bad quarterback play. Also, C.J. Ozama didn't have a very good first half finish. Three catches for 24 yards. Corey Davis, three for 45. And I was telling you this before we started recording, Haley. Tyler Conklin had six catches for 80 yards, but I only realized that when I look back at the stat sheet because he just did not seem to make an impact in this game despite having pretty good production on paper. Ultimately, going forward, I think when I play over at prizepicks.com and the prizepicks app, which I do every week in their daily fantasy matchup against their prizepicks player projections, I think I'm going to avoid any Jets players in week 18 because at this point, I just don't know what to reasonably expect from any of them. I might be persuaded to take Raheem Mostert coming up in this matchup because remember, Raheem Mostert had a big game against the Jets earlier in the year, even though the Dolphins lost. How it works over at prizepicks.com and the prizepicks app is you pick two to six players, and if they beat their prizepicks player projections, you can win up to 25 times the amount of money that you put in. So like I said, might as well go ahead and grab Raheem Mostert. He had a lot of success against the Jets last time. think it's very possible that he does the same thing again. Look at what Kenneth Walker just did to the Jets. When you play at prizepicks.com, you don't play against anybody else, just against the prize picks player projections. You can do any sport you want. It doesn't have to be football. It could be baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever it is you want, it's there at prizepicks.com and the prize picks app. When you sign up, use the promo code PLAJ and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 bucks. Put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com or the prize picks app, use the promo code PLAJ and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Haley, the offense was brutal all the way around. Ty Johnson was really, to me, the only true bright spot here. The offensive line was not very good. There's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done there in the offseason. Wide receivers, unfortunately, didn't produce much. But, of course, it does all tie back to Mike White's terrible performance. Yeah, and I was really surprised to see Mike White and the receivers struggle just because like, the Seahawks have one of the worst coverage defenses in the NFL. They only perfectly cover 25% of plays, which is the second lowest in the NFL. And that's behind the Bears, Vikings, and Lions, all coverage defenses that the Jets tore up earlier in the season. So I was really, really surprised that they that the Jets couldn't really get much of the passing game going on. And yeah, going back to Tyler Conklin, like I looked at the stat, I was like, he had 80 yards. I was like, really? Um, I had... I had him in fantasy or like early on in the year because he was a top 10 tight end in fantasy. And then he just kind of like fell off the face of the earth and I had to drop him. So he's been one of those up and down players. And I wonder what they're going to do at tight end next year. I don't know the contracts of Conklin and Uzama, but we'll see if they try to bring in someone else. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. It's interesting because we were talking about this earlier, but the Jets tight ends have to have been one of the biggest disappointments on the entire roster this year. Conklin had decent production, but he had so many drops and fumbles. 
Ozama, they just didn't really use him much. And Jeremy Ruckert didn't even play. He was inactive almost every single week. They picked Jeremy Ruckert in the third round because they thought he could be a playmaking tight end for them. I don't know what the future holds for him or for Ozama or Conklin. Very possible the Jets could look in another direction if they're able to get out of the Ozama and Conklin contracts. Really kind of depends on how the money works there. But I do think that this offense would very much benefit from a tight end who can consistently make plays. Unfortunately, if that's going to happen, we'll have to wait until next season to see somebody step into that role, whether it ends up being Jeremy Ruckert after sitting this year or somebody else. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, I said before, Haley, that the Jets very well may have cost Garrett Wilson the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mike White, certainly one of the primary culprits by not being able to get Garrett Wilson the ball, three catches, 18 yards, that hurts his overall production for the season. But also, how about Kenneth Walker having a huge day running the ball against this Jets defense? And with Walker playing in a game against the Rams, one of the worst teams in the league, in a game where the Seahawks absolutely have to have it to try and get into the playoffs, if Kenneth Walker has another big game, very good chance he steals that Offensive Rookie of the Year award away from Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the wire for um, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, and maybe even Brock Purdy. He's now 4-0 as a starter and then also won the game that where he came in uh, early in early in the first quarter or second quarter or something like that. So, yeah, hopefully Garrett can have a better game against the Dolphins. Um, I don't know who's going to be throwing the football. I guess Mike White. But, yeah, just in the Seahawks game, the defense was quiet. Uh, they gave up 198 rushing yards, which is absolutely insane, especially, especially with Quinn and Williams back. But... He didn't have a sack. The defense did have three sacks. Carl Lawson had one. Uh, John, John Franklin Myers also. But yeah, uh, Quinn Williams was quiet, especially in the running game and giving up that really big rushing to giving up that really big rushing by Kenneth Walker in the beginning of the game. Kenneth Walker now has 936 yards on 199 carries, 4.7 yards per carry, and nine touchdowns. Pretty good stats for a rookie. He did have a couple of down weeks, and then he was hurt as well, so he fell off the radar a bit. But this game may have helped resurrect his chances, and certainly if he does something to duplicate this effort against the Rams in Week 18, very good chance that he wins Rookie of the Year. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to win. He just hasn't played enough, but I guess at quarterback, anything's possible, especially considering how well the 49ers are doing. Another thing to look at in this game with the defense is that the pass rush wasn't consistent. Yeah, they had three sacks, but mostly Geno Smith had plenty of time to throw. He wasn't even that great in this game, but he was able to do enough, and it certainly helps when you have somebody like Kenneth Walker doing what he was doing. And as far as the safety play, Haley, for as good as the corners have been this season, the safeties have been just as bad in the reverse direction. LaMarcus Joyner, the Jets are going to have to move on from him. He's slow. He can't cover anybody. He can't downfield tackle. Yeah, he's had a couple of lucky interceptions, but overall he's been bad. And Jordan Whitehead, I'd have to take a look at the contract, but if the Jets can restructure, get out of that one, probably a good idea. He was bad this year too. Another bad game for him against the Seahawks. The safeties just can't get it done. The linebackers were terrible as well. So overall, the Jet defense started off poorly, and they just didn't do enough later on to clamp down. But those safeties have got to be replaced, and they've got to make some moves at linebacker too. Yeah, 100%. I was my biggest question going into this season other than quarterback was safety. Um I was surprised they didn't really address that in the draft at all. Um and I was surprised when they cut uh Jason Pinnock. It's Pinnock, right? He, he was cut. Mhm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was surprised when they cut Pinnock. Um 
I didn't think LaMarcus Joyner would necessarily make the team, especially Ashton Davis. But yeah, my biggest question for the team was safeties at the beginning of the season. And they've held up. They haven't been great. They've been like less than stellar, but their play has been backed up by the stellar cornerback play. And the safeties may have just cost the Jets the season other than a horrible offensive performance. But yeah, the cornerbacks played so well, holding Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf to three catches for 18 yards combined. But the safeties just got awful. Absolutely terrible. And some very questionable decision-making here by the Jets coaching staff. Some questionable play calling as well, without a doubt. Mike LaFleur has come under quite a bit of fire, and that's another topic we can really dive into on another day. But as far as Robert Sala's decision, when you take a look back at that fourth and two where they punted at the beginning of the fourth quarter, they were down 14 points on their own 39. And as we know, the analytics said strong recommendation to go for it. You can debate that one, but looking back now, probably should have tried because clearly this was not the day that the defense was getting the job done and able to bail the Jets offense out. So at that point, you go with the analytics and you try and get the momentum back on your side. They didn't do that. They ended up punting. I don't know that it would have gone in their favor anyway, but it certainly couldn't have gone any worse than it ended up going. Yeah, I was uh, like yelling at my TV. I was like, go for it, go for it, go for it. Almost like how uh, Peyton Manning in the beginning of the season was calling timeout for the Seahawks and they never really called it for like 30 seconds. (laughs) So yeah, that decision was very questionable in my mind. You're down 14 points on your own 39 and there's like 11 minutes left in the game. Yeah, your defense, like, or your defense can hold them if you punt the ball away, but you have to go for that. Like you're down two scores. You don't know how many more times your offense is going to get the ball because the Seahawks rushing attack has been so good and they can take time off the clock. So yeah, the analytics said it was a really strong recommendation to go for it uh, and your season is on the line. So I don't know how you don't be aggressive there. As far as what the Jets are going to have to do moving forward, obviously something's going to happen at quarterback. So we're going to talk more about this as the offseason wears on, but just as a preliminary, you take a look at the potential options. Most likely, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff not going to be available. You'd assume, worst case scenario, those three teams will franchise their guys to avoid letting them hit free agency. And then you look at Aaron Rodgers. I thought it was an incredible long shot before what the Packers were doing now, especially if they make the playoffs and make some sort of run. I can't imagine that Rodgers even asked for a trade, let alone Green Bay considering trading him. So I think you can pretty much cross him off the list. Tom Brady might be a similar situation to what we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. It looks like maybe he's finally clicking again with Mike Evans and starting to roll a little bit in Tampa. Maybe he stays there, and if he goes... Maybe he doesn't want to come to the Northeast. I'm not sure. The two realistic options here as far as established quality starters are Derek Carr, who is all but assured to be traded or released. You would think it happens before February 15th, which is when that entire salary gets guaranteed for the following year. If you take a look at the contract, people will say, well, he's getting $40 million a year for the next three years. Yes, but there's no guaranteed money past this year. The acquiring team would only be on the hook for $33 million. So if you trade for Carr, most likely you're going to work out a restructure and extension, and that cap number comes down considerably from the $40 million. That contract was put in place basically as a hedge against the bad marriage between Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. That marriage did go very bad very quickly, so now it gives the Raiders an easier way out so that they can trade Carr, release him, and not have a ton of damage 
for the long haul for them. But he makes a lot of sense for the Jets for a variety of reasons we've talked about before. And Jimmy Garoppolo, look, perfect fit in this scheme. My friend Alex Rollins used this term, and I love it, so I say it all the time. Jimmy Garoppolo's got a PhD in the Kyle Shanahan offense, runs it to maximum efficiency. He's not amazing, but he's right there with Carr, where he's a competent, solid starter, knows the coaching staff. Haley, let's be honest, his face on a Times Square billboard, that is a billion-dollar advertising campaign. Jimmy G was built to have his face on a Times Square billboard. The problem, of course, is that Jimmy G, for as well as he's done as a competent quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers the last four years, has missed 40% of his games. He's had three major injuries, and I don't know that you can count on him. And now that we've seen what the Jets are likely going to get out of Mike White, you know that they're not bringing him back to be the starter. Maybe he's the backup, but Jimmy Garoppolo, very, very risky with all those injuries. To me, it stands to reason that of the realistic possibilities, because again, Lamar Jackson's not going to come here. The Ravens are not letting him go anywhere. Of the guys that the Jets could potentially actually get, Derek Carr makes by far the most sense because he and Jimmy G are right on that same level, but Derek Carr plays full seasons. Jimmy G does not. Exactly. And I've been going back and forth between almost every option that could be a possibility for the Jets uh, lately, and I really can't see any other way other than Derek Carr becoming the next Jets quarterback. Um, he's definitely the leading candidate at this point, uh, other than maybe a healthy Jimmy G just because of the system. But I, again, you really can't trust Jimmy G that he's going to stay healthy the entire season. So I think the Jets would likely want to go with a more safer option in Derek Carr. Um, the dark horse on this is Tom Brady. I tweeted out this morning that like, can Brady even fix the Jets? Like it seems like an unfixable organization at offense. And I don't know when, I don't know the next time that they can possibly make the playoffs, hopefully soon with this defense, but the Jets are in like win now mode with a young roster and who knows, maybe Joe Douglas will swing for the fences and try to get like a Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers to this team, but how much will it cost them? That's the biggest question. And is Joe Douglas willing to spend on that? But yeah, so starting quarterback, definitely hundred percent not on the roster right now for next year. And I think Mike White might stay the backup. What's interesting, Haley, is that, If the Jets lose to the Dolphins, they could move up to as high as number 10 in the draft order. Right now, they are at 13. They could drop significantly if they were to end up winning that game. But if they do lose, they could move as high as 10th. They're not going to be able to get ahead of Carolina, Las Vegas, or Atlanta, even though they could potentially have the same exact record. It's determined by winning percentage of the opposing teams. And the Jets have a much higher winning percentage than the other teams that I just mentioned. So the highest they could get to is 10, and they could drop significantly in the other direction. So we'll see what happens. It's definitely going to be fascinating to see if the Jets once again wind up in the top 10, especially since we never would have expected it a couple of weeks ago. In the offseason, though, if they do get into the top 10, they'll have to have some conversations about where to go. I think a lot of Jets fans would like to see an offensive lineman in that spot. Paris Johnson would be a possibility. If the Jets move down a little bit, maybe somebody like Osiris Torrance. I have to really dig in on the offensive lineman in the rest of the draft. The Jets have actually been winning this year, so I haven't had to do that yet. It's an alien concept to me so far, but the offensive line has to be a priority. We talked about safety. They've got to do something there. 
And as we said, this Dolphins game, the only thing that the Jets can do here is either improve their draft position with a loss or maybe knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs with a win. However, unfortunately, if they knock the Dolphins out, they might put the Patriots in. So it just might be one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't situations. Yeah, like as a Jets fan and as a high Patriots hater, I would love to see the Jets. I mean, as much as, wait, no. Yeah, I would love to see the Jets lose this game against the Dolphins so that the Dolphins could be in prime position to get that uh, seventh seed, uh, and ideally the Patriots would lose. I think they have a great chance to lose against the Bills, especially if they're playing for the number one seed. Um, so I'm never a big fan of like rooting against your team. Uh, the only other time I've ever done that was when I rooted for them to lose every game of the season when Trevor Lawrence was coming into mm-hmm. the draft, and we all know how that turned out. So uh, I... Am kind of rooting for the Jets to lose. I'd love a top 10 pick. That'd be nice. Um, but And I'd love to see the Patriots not get into the playoffs, and I'd rather see this banged-up Dolphins team that probably will be one and done in the playoffs uh, get in. Haley English, our stats specialist over at playlikeajet.com. Thanks so much for coming on and talking through the stats from the Seahawks game with me. Really appreciate it. One more game, Haley, one more game. Whether they need a new coach, a new general manager, a new quarterback, it feels like every year there's some sort of tumultuous situation happening, and so we'll see how they handle it. Once this game with the Dolphins is done this upcoming Sunday, you're going to be doing some cool stats work for us throughout the rest of the season. And then in the offseason, I'm sure you've got plenty of projects that you can work on over at playlikeajet.com. So excited to see what you have up your sleeve as another offseason approaches. Yeah, definitely. I'll be posting the write-up of the stats from this game uh, later this week and excited for the offseason. Make sure you follow Haley on Twitter and read everything she's doing over at playlikeajet.com. Also, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. We've got some great All-22 breakdowns on there, so check out those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Once again, that's youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Sisko Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.